Hey lady, welcome to the Elevate Her podcast. I am your host, Rebecca Mariuki, leadership coach, career queen, twin mom, and wife. If you are ready to step into the level 2.0 version of yourself, girl, you've just found yourself a cheering squad that will help you do just that and even more. From one career woman to another who navigated the challenges of being a black woman in a profession that lacked diversity with no rule book to help me figure out the keys to climbing the corporate ladder, I am on a mission to change this scene for good. In the last few years of my 10-year career, I not only overcame the challenges that held me back from the mid-level career slump I found myself in, but unlocked the doors to land big promotions in my career, become a director at just the age of 32 in the largest global audit firm, get my confidence game on and become a trusted leader. If you are ready to shake off the self-doubt that's been holding you back, uncover your value, get seen, promoted, and paid like the leader you deserve to be without more degrees, qualifications, or inauthentic networking tactics, stay tuned because you are about to get elevated. Okay, I am popping in here really quickly to share something that I have never offered before. And it's only for my podcast listeners, so listen up really closely. This month alone, I am giving away two lucky podcast listeners the chance to get a hold of some of the world's best masterclasses. I am giving away a one-year subscription to Masterclass worth $250. Masterclass is an online subscription platform to learn from the world's best experts on practically anything related to personal growth, career, mindset, and more. Some of my favorite masterclasses include Elaine Welteroth's Designing Your Career, She's the editor-in-chief of Teen Vogue, Robin Roberts, Effective and Authentic Communication. She's an anchor at GMA, Lewis Hamilton's A Winning Mindset. He's a seven times Formula One world champion. But wait, there is more. I am also giving away one career power hour session valued at $497. This is your chance to work with me one-on-one -on -one to get your career strategy in place and secure that promotion or salary raise, whatever it is that you are currently going after in your career. All you have to do is one, leave a review of the podcast on iTunes or your podcast listening app of choice, telling us what you love about the show. And two, share your review with me on Instagram or LinkedIn or email before June 30th. And that's it. I'll be announcing the winner on the podcast and all my social media channels next month in June to give you enough time to leave your review and enter the giveaway. Sending you some good luck. You are listening to episode 38 of the Elevate Her podcast. I am so excited. I don't know if you can hear from my voice, but I'm super excited to be back on the airwaves with this new podcast name, new focus, but still doing what I have always wanted to do, which is to empower women to be the best version of themselves. Now, I know you may have uh, listen to the previous podcast episodes where I talked about the change in my focus and what I want to help women with. But just in case you haven't and in case you are new here, I help women, particularly black women, because of what it means to me and how important it is for me to see more women, more diversity in the different professions I interact with. So I help women elevate their career and get paid, promoted, 
and seen as the leaders that they deserve to be, right? You all deserve to be leaders. We just need to make sure that you are positioning yourself and you are putting value and emphasis on what is going to actually get you seen and noticed by the decision makers in your career, in your profession, in your organization, so that you can move upwards and make progress in your career. So in this episode, I really just wanted to talk about my story, um, share a bit about, you know, the highs and lows of my 10-year career. Honestly, it feels like yesterday. I still remember the first day I entered my workplace. It was PwC at the time. And it just feels so surreal that it's been 10 years, to be honest. But there were so many things that I learned And, you know, like I said in the intro of the podcast show, I didn't have a rule book. I didn't know the ins and outs of the corporate game, right? It was so different to what I was used to at school and at university or college where you're given a textbook. You know what you need to do. You just need to study. You need to make sure you apply your mind, write the exam, pass, do well, and voila you will be rewarded accordingly. But corporate was a completely different ball game, And I had to learn the ropes as I went along. And fortunately, I also had mentors come in at different stages in my career. And at some point, I realized I needed to invest in myself. And that's when my career really, really took off. So I started off like most of us as a college graduate, very eager to start working because I thought, My goodness, this is now when I am going to be earning the big bucks and I'm going to become a boss. All these ideas or dreams you have as a child, I was so ready to actualize them and make them a reality. But the reality of things on the ground when I got to the workplace was I was the only black woman in a team of 20 plus. And it was such a culture shock for me having to communicate, having to try and relate to what my colleagues were talking about. You know, we would come back from holidays and they would be talking about their trips overseas and I would just be watching and listening because I didn't have overseas trips at that time. I didn't come from a well-to-do family. The only trips that I could talk about or contribute to were my trips to visiting my family upcountry when I would travel to Kenya. At the time, I was still in South Africa. And things like even going out for dinner, it was just so foreign to me. (laughs) I always remind my husband about my story when I used chopsticks for the first time when I was working, actually. And for someone else who has been used to that kind of life, they can't even relate to what I'm saying. And I pretended to know how to use chopsticks at this work dinner, but I had no clue how to do it. And one of my friends, Nini, I am so grateful for her. She actually noticed that I was struggling and she showed me how to use them. And I don't think I told her, I don't remember if I did, but it was just so nice to have someone really genuinely help you, like do something that everyone else around the table was doing so naturally. And I talk about these small stories and small things that happened in my career because they actually added up and they affected how I could relate with my colleagues. They affected the work opportunities that were coming my way because I had familiarity issues, right? I wasn't able to 
relate with my colleagues and my leaders the same way my other colleagues were able to do so because they came from a similar backgrounds. So they had a lot in common that they could talk about. They could contribute to the occasional work banter in a different way than I could. And this kind of spiraled into affecting my confidence and how I was showing up because I couldn't understand why is it that I was doing all the right things when I would get projects, I would do my best, I would stay up late, I would show that I am committed to doing everything right. But for some reason, I was always held to a higher benchmark and standard than my colleagues were. And I just never understood it. And I talk about this because these are real life issues, which I know so many other women are facing, but it's hard for us to talk about these issues because we don't see other people who look like us in the workplace who we can relate with. And when you talk about issues like this, they can easily be misconceived as having signs of weakness. Anyway, I digress. So generally my profession, I'm a qualified actuary, lack diversity, and it still does. And I know there are many other women who find themselves in the position that I found myself in, whether you are in finance or you're in technology, whatever industry it is, most likely you are going to find yourself at some point in your career in a situation where you are the minority, maybe except for hospitality, where generally there are the gender balance is more skewed towards women. But for the most part, for most of the industries, especially the ones where it requires a lot of highly technical expertise, you're going to find yourself in the position that I found myself in for a good part of the last 10 years. You are ambitious, you know, but you're just feeling like a misfit. You can't see yourself when you look around the leaders in your organization and you kind of feel like your fate is already sealed even before you've even tried. Tell me if you can relate to this. I'm popping in here really quickly because I want to know, are you looking to accelerate your path to the next promotion increase your salary and make more money in your career or pivot to a new career path in a more senior role in the next six to 12 months, or maybe you want to increase your visibility as a trusted leader in your field, then Design to Lead was made for you. In my signature private coaching program, together we will use my MVP method, mindset, visibility, personal branding to help you make your goal a reality in six to 12 months or less. This is the method I used to become a director at just the age of 32 in the largest global audit firm. If you want to learn more, head over to bit.ly forward slash design to lead or click the link in the show notes and let's get your career elevated. And just to share a few global statistics to back up what I am saying, 5% of C-level positions globally are held by women. Just imagine only 5%. 34% of mid-management levels in the UK are held by women, based on a study that was done in 2020. In South Africa, the narrative is the same. One in seven executive directors are women. And in the US, women in the US earn 63 cents for every dollar earned by a white man in the corporate world. So you can see that the narrative is more or less the same wherever you go. And honestly, I do not want anyone else to have to go through what I went through because I had to change a lot of what I could see in the inside, a lot of what I was going through in the inside because it was then affecting how I was showing up on the outside. And so black women around us are breaking barriers, right? But it doesn't just have to be 
the judge because there is a way out. There is a way to actually climb the corporate ladder and find yourself in senior positions in leadership, but there is a certain way it needs to be done. And yes, I acknowledge the challenges we have as black women. I am not ever going to downplay that. For a big part in my career, I felt like I couldn't speak up. I felt like I had to conform and assimilate to what I was seeing because quite literally there were no other black women in leadership. And so I felt I had to kind of be someone who I was not. Some of you may have heard the story I like telling about my name, where for a long time I would only mention my first name in meetings because of the fear of people misspelling my name or mispronouncing it and the frustration that would come with that and just kind of feeling already out of place, like I didn't belong. And so I am never going to downplay those challenges, but there is a way to overcome them. And working hard behind the scenes, flying under the radar, just trying to do everything right, trying to be good at what you do is just not enough. I wish there was someone who told me this literally 10 years ago when I started my career, but I had to learn and I had to fail forward. And now I am sharing my experiences with you so that you can accelerate your success and not have to go through a lot of the growth pains that I went through when I was navigating my career and my journey towards the top of where I am right now at director level. So that being said, how did I go from unconfident, feeling like a misfit, trying to conform, not being myself and, you know, feeling frustrated because I just didn't felt heard or seen to a director at the age of 32 in the largest global audit firm? Well, first of all, this might sound so unlike what you're expecting. I focused on who I was being. I focused on showing up as the leader even before anyone told me that I was ready for leadership or I had any leadership potential. I stepped into that leadership position before the title, before being paid like one, and it has paid back. It was like an investment. It has paid back in leaps and bounds. I failed so many times. I tried to do things that I was not ready for. I still remember one of my lowest points in my career where I went to present to a group of EXCO members of one of the largest insurance companies in Africa. And quite frankly, the presentation had so many inaccurate figures. And I still remember the group CEO in that boardroom kind of chuckling with one of the EXCO members who was sitting next to him. And for the whole meeting, they were chuckling. And I just felt like, you know, getting a hole open and going into that hole because I could see as I was presenting that these numbers didn't make sense. And I had to just continue because I struggled to like figure out how to correct these numbers. It's so hard thinking and talking and trying to correct yourself or trying to correct what you're seeing on the screen and being able to communicate that. Anyway, I digress story for another day. But just to reiterate that I failed forward so, so many times. And ladies, the worst thing that you can do is not trying. There is no such a thing actually as failure. The only failure I can think of is not trying. So if you are waiting for the perfect moment when you know all the things, when you have all your ducks in a row, when you have recited that speech for the 20th time before 
you say something in a meeting, that is not the right way to fail forward and climb up the ladder. You have to try things and it's from those learning experiences that you become better. I started being reflective on my feedback. So I remember for a long time, I used to feel defensive because I would think that the feedback I was getting was, oh, because I'm black, you know, oh, because I'm a woman. And I had to start sifting out the feedback I was getting. And, you know, I would throw away the ones that I really didn't feel were relevant to me. And I would start to really be reflective on the feedback that was actually quite objective. So it's important to be reflective on feedback. And of course, only take what you feel and believe is objective. I invested in myself. Oh my goodness. It took me a whole nine years before I spent a dime on my personal growth and development. Because honestly, I thought personal growth and development, okay, buy books, read them, and you'll be fine. But at some point, you are going to need to have someone who is going to give you perspective of where you are, someone who is going to give you the real deal about what you're doing, someone who is going to tell you as it is. And I did that in 2020 during the pandemic when I actually had a salary cut because of the impacts of the pandemic on our business. But it had ripple effects across my life, across my career. And I am so, so grateful that I made that investment because by the end of the year, true story, ladies, I got two bonuses in that year. Honestly, I, I don't even know how that happened. And both bonuses, I got them while I was on maternity leave. When I came back, I got a salary increase. Just from showing up and from learning from the investment that I made in myself and starting to be that leader, I started to make myself an invaluable member of the team and of the organization that they wanted to make sure that I stayed, even though the organization was facing so many challenges. So don't tell me about the economy is bad. Don't tell me about there are not enough opportunities. Yes, they might not be, but not for you, ladies. If you focus on who you are being, the value you are bringing, and you lead with value, and you give that value even before you are asked for it, you give that value as a leader even before you are bestowed the title of a leader, you are going to make yourself invaluable, and the impacts and the ripple effects are just unbelievable. So I don't know if you've noticed, but I did not mention any of the things that I see a lot of women focusing on. So I didn't get a fancy MBA. I didn't get another qualification. I just focused on me. I focused on the things that were in my control and I controlled the narrative of who I was and what I could bring to the table by just focusing on who I was and how I was showing up. I talk about the three C's to showing up as a leader. Definitely check it out on LinkedIn. There's a post I did recently about that. And it's all about things that are in your control. You do not need to go out and get another MBA or another qualification or a degree. It's not about, you know, more experience. Actually, quite contrary to what a lot of people think and believe, the more you rise up in leadership, the less it is about your technical know-how. Let me just repeat that. The more you rise up the ranks, the less it is about your technical know-how and how good you are at your job because it is already assumed that at that level, you wouldn't be there if you weren't good at what you do, okay? 
So I want you to think of these other things that I'm talking about that maybe you haven't been thinking of. Maybe you've been focusing more on the external things, the qualifications, you know, the degrees. Maybe you've been focusing on your boss, the work environment, the economy. All those things are things that are not in your control. So what if you just focused on you and the value that you can bring to your profession, the value that you can bring to your organization. This is how you start to create career success. And I talk about creating a career by design. I'll definitely talk about this in a separate episode, but this is exactly what I did. I started focusing on what was in my control and really being intentional about how I was showing up. And ladies, I'd love to invite you to book a virtual career game plan call. If everything that I've said really resonates with you, but you have no idea where to start and you've just been spending all your time on getting to know more, on getting another qualification or degree, and it's just not been giving you the results you've hoped for by now, book a virtual career game plan call with me. It's absolutely free, no strings attached. I will drop the link to the call in the show notes And I really hope that more than anything that my story has inspired you to know that you can elevate your career no matter where you are. There is a place for you. As a woman of color, I know how difficult it is to believe that, but there are organizations that will value you and that could very well be the organization you are in. It's just that you need to change how you are positioning yourself You need to change what you are focusing on in order to get seen, paid and promoted as the leader that I know you deserve to be. All right, ladies, I hope you have enjoyed this episode and I cannot wait to see you and chat with you again in the next one. Thank you for listening to the Elevate Her podcast. If you found this helpful, I would be forever grateful if you left a review of the show right here on iTunes or your favorite podcast listening app. If you would like more support and inspiration to elevate your career, go ahead and connect with me on LinkedIn at Rebecca Morioki. Or if you're an Instagram girl, let's connect over there. See you on the next show.